0: Hello and welcome to sober stories from everyday people. Today I've got Becca from Jersey. Uh, she's been sober for 14 months. Uh, so thank you so much, Becca, for making the time to be on my podcast today.
1: Hey, thank you very much for having me. I love talking sobriety. <laughs>
0: Oh, brilliant. We well, you're in the right place. <laughs> um, so why don't we uh, get to know you a little bit, Becca? Tell us a bit about who you are.
1: So I'm um, from Jersey, as you said. I've got um, two young daughters, so a one-year-old and a three-year-old. Um, and I live with my husband. We're very close to the sea, which is lovely. Um, so, yeah, and I got sober in um, August of last year.
0: Wow, so you just celebrated the one year. Did you do anything special yeah. for it
1: or did it? Do you know what? I'll give my husband his dues. I wasn't expecting anything, but he got a nice one balloon and a little cake. And we did a cake for the girls, which was really nice. And I don't know about you, but it was definitely a, um event, you know, for a bit of self-reflection. And it just, yeah, it was, it was a really nice, um, really nice milestone to kind of... Oh. Pat yourself on the back, and you know, yeah, feel feel really good about it, and yes, yeah, so it was nice.
0: Oh, that's so nice, and that's so thoughtful of your husband as well. Bless yeah, it is, ah, yeah, yeah. I uh why I celebrate my soberversaries with cake, so
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely, absolutely, yeah.
0: cake and a bit of reflection. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't we go back to um to the beginning then and tell us about your life with alcohol
1: yeah sure so um I was born in the 80s so kind of grew up in you know 90s Britain and and the early noughties um where I think you know drinking binge drinking was just so ingrained in everything we did I think I started drinking about 14 which was really normal and you know fairly harmless but we'd all meet up after school with a you know it was all pops then wasn't it so hardly mm. Breeze, a hooch whatever um and then yeah went off to university which was just um yeah just british university culture mm. just drinking kind of you know heavy, heavy drinking every night and um I think it's the same for like a lot of lot of people that grew up a similar time it just just so every kind of celebration commiseration kind of revolved around alcohol, you know, birthdays, birthdays, parties, funerals, anything, you know, the end of a hard work week, it would be right, hit the pub, get a drink. Um, so definitely growing up, my kind of social life really revolved around drinking and um, my dating life, you know, all these kind of um, aspects of your life. So yeah, um, I think, and then I I came back to Jersey after university and did my accountancy training, which again, the corporate world, that real culture of kind of work hard, play hard, finish work at five o'clock, hit the pub. And, um, that's how I met my husband. And, you know, so again, it just became such a really integral part of our life really was, um, socializing with a drink.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. And then I think I've heard other guests of yours say, you know, then then you kind of have children and it changes the way you, um, you know, your relationship with alcohol, I suppose, and how how you are drinking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How did it change for you?
1: What, what, what did it start to look like? I think, um, like, I'm quite lucky. I've got the same group of friends since school and, you know, we've got a really good social life and um our husbands were all friends we'd sort of have the girls night one weekend the lads would go out the next weekend um, and for me I think after having children I was trying to keep up the same way so it would be mm-hmm. these kind of big days out the same with work you know going to the work dues, which sometimes you're not getting home till 2 3 a.m and then you're up at 6 a.m for work the next morning and throw a baby into the mix there and Feed in the night, and it's just um you know it was just getting harder and harder to to sort of keep up with, um, and then occasionally like after work, you know, having a glass of wine at home once the babies were in bed, and yeah. um, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? That that the pace of drinking it doesn't really alter <laughs> when the kids come along, or at least it didn't for me. Um, yeah, I, I thought I thought that. There was a part of me that wanted kids so that it would force me to slow down. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you felt similarly.
1: It's you. You meet people like now. I meet people, and they're like, "Since I've had kids, oh, I don't drink that much anymore." And I just think, "Good for you," because oh, that's yeah. that's exactly how I thought it would be. But instead, yeah. that, I was trying to cling on to this, you know, same way of doing things and trying to go to every work event, trying to go to every birthday. And then just the cost starts going up, doesn't it? It just Mm. starts getting harder and harder. Um, So, yeah, I'm probably the same. I thought it would really change, but it it didn't. And then you just kind of resent yourself because you're trying to, Mm. or you resent your children because you're trying to live this life that you can't really have anymore. And so I think I definitely, definitely went through that period of, you know, can I keep this up for a while there? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I really share that feeling as well. I I remember my friends also saying, oh yeah, I just can't drink the way I used to. And I felt so different to to that. And I felt a lot of frustration, I think, and shame actually at, well, why, why has that not happened to me? (laughs) And I think it's also the same, um, I, my husband, I remember when we got together and uh, he doesn't drink actually very much. So we've never really had a boozy connection, although bef- before this relationship, all of my relationships were quite boozy. and yeah. my met you know relationships with guys would always be pub drinks getting hammered, blah, blah. But with, with Tom, it's not it's not been like that, but he's not a very big drinker. And I always we used to quiz him and say, well, why? Why aren't you a big drinker? <laughs> because everybody I meet is a big drinker. You know, why are you different? Just from, you know, I was intrigued. And he would say, well, actually, I did drink a lot in my early 20s, college and things, but then I just sort of grew out of it. I suppose and yeah. I I have got friends that did that growing out of it but I never yeah. felt like I was growing out of drinking it just felt like I was in it as hard if not harder <laughs> to be honest yeah. the older I was getting the more I was feeling like I was drinking maybe that's because my landscape changed you know like you say you yeah. got the career you got the kids you're trying to keep up with the pace of life and as a woman as well there is that kind of extra mental load I think when you are doing a majority of running the house and all the other jobs and making sure there's milk in the fridge and that's not to say that guys don't do that um I don't want to offend any guys you know listening to this but I think a lot of the time when you are a working mum and you know you've got the kids and things that a lot of that sort of Housework does kind yeah. of pull on you a little bit or if well, it you, does yeah and it that's tough isn't it that and I think that's part of the reason why I don't know I just never I never felt like I was growing out of drinking
1: this is honestly like resonating with me so much because I think mm-hmm. I've always drank to hit the effort button so Friday night stressful week at work I'm gonna go out and probably have too much to drink and you know just sort of drink away my worries and that's it. I think when the the pressures of having young kids and running a house working full time, that's exactly what it was for me it was escapism. But mm. it just makes it worse. At the time you can't see that. But you mm. I, I think I felt like it was reclaiming a bit of the old me. That mm. If I can just go out and get trolleyed with my mates and let my hair down and yeah. you know, feel a bit carefree for a couple of hours, that's a bit yeah. of a rebellion against yes. you know. All, all the things that I'm needed to do, and it's really funny you said about your husband because my husband has got the healthiest relationship with alcohol you will ever meet in your life. Like he'll go out for a pint after work and get the eight o'clock bus home. Yeah, and I'm just like, what? Yeah. Like, how, how do you do? How do you do that? But, you yeah. know, and he's just had a really nice night, a couple of pints in the pub, yeah. Home with a bag of chips at eight o'clock and up the next morning ready to go. And yes, I'm amazing because yeah. I could never do that so
0: yeah I, I always felt or I guess still feel in awe of Tom I mean I think I bought him a cider for Christmas last year and I had a friend down last week and I didn't have a, any alcohol in the house really apart from that one cider that, yeah. <laughs> that I bought for Tom and I said to Tom do you mind if she has this because it was quite a posh cider as well <laughs> I said yeah let give go, it to yeah. my friend <laughs> and um and he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, just give it to her, yeah," and and that's the say. It sounds very similar, um, but yeah, I do, I do find that quite fascinating, and it just shows you that I suppose you you know there are people out there that do have very normal relationships with alcohol, but I was never that person ever. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, I, I just, I think there's a lot of scenarios. I, I think the same as you actually, when for me, I think if I'm being honest, motherhood was m- way more tough than I expected it to yeah. be. Um, same, yeah. And I felt like I lost my identity. Yeah. And at the time I was struggling with insecurity. My body had completely changed my yeah. life had changed overnight. My partner at the time, his life hadn't changed very much. And I found that really difficult to cope yeah. with because he was still able to go out and do all the things that I used to yeah. love doing. And I just, I really struggled with my identity, I think. And so I really resonate with what you were saying and that you wanted those nights out with your girlfriends just to flick the switch off for a night and just be a bit of the old you, no pressures, no daily grind kind of thing. Yeah. But like you said as well, um, the cost does get too high, doesn't it? So at some point you sort of wake up from those nights uh, and all the nights that you might drink at home. Um, I know, you know, for me, I, I did. I drank a few nights, three or four nights a week at least, and I just found the cost getting too much for yeah. me, the, the aftermath, feeling stressed with my kids, feeling anxious, feeling annoyed at myself, all that chatter that you get inside your brain about, well, okay, I shouldn't have drank last night. Okay, maybe I you know, won't drink tonight. But if I do drink tonight, it's okay because I just make sure I will have Sunday off. Oh, do you know what I mean? Like that yeah. constant whirring <laughs> self-talk yeah. that's just such a waste of time. It's just all yeah. about drink, isn't it? It's just, yeah, it's just crazy. Um, so what about when it started to become pro- problematic? What did that, you know, just before or, you know, leading up to you stopping, what did that look like?
1: Yeah, so mine was probably never as much about sort of frequency as it was when I drank. I just didn't have the off switch. So mm-hmm. these like big nights out and, um the, the hangover would last for days and it would. It, they were crippling. They were everything, physically, just emotionally, spiritually, mentally, everything. They just put me in a black hole. Um, and it was like all these things was, were not lining up for me. So I think like my actions weren't aligning with my intention. You know, I have a lovely family and a lovely husband and a good job. And then I'm going out on the weekend and just behaving like a, you know, it just, just everything was just starting to not sit right with me. And yeah, I think one of the things I love about, like, the Instagram community and listening to podcasts like this is before I got sober, I didn't even know it was an option to not drink. It, it, of all the things that I could do when I felt really, truly awful from drinking, never once did it occur to me that one of the things I could do was stop. Yeah. So I went through probably a year which I now know was my sort of moderation journey. But at the time I didn't know that, you know, I was probably getting a bit sober curious. But I didn't know that at the time. I just yeah. knew like I had a young baby at home. I couldn't look my kids in the eye after drinking. Cause I, I just felt like you said, you just hate yourself. Mm. You're like, what, what am I doing? You know, I had days where I couldn't even look after them. I was so hungover. I couldn't remember the last three or four hours of my night out and, you know that's fine when you're a 19 year old at uni running around in a city you don't live in it's a bit different when you're you know you've got to go to work on Monday actually so um see so yeah, I went through this period of moderation and I think like a lot of us struggle with I'd have a good night and then it would give me permission the next night to like hit it a bit harder you know so we, we did this for a while and then um I had a really bad night last August where just like Stayed out really late. I don't remember getting home, but I know I walked home. Um, you know, it wasn't very well when I got home. Next morning, I, I'm now a year in, I can look back at the messages I sent the next day. I couldn't look at them for a very long time. You know, I happened to message my husband and be like, I can't look after the girls today. Um, so for me, it was just, the cost was getting too high. Yeah, okay, I was getting a couple of hours of feeling carefree. But I think at that point, my mental health was in a place where I couldn't tell anymore what was a hangover versus what was genuinely like bad mental health. So I just knew the only way I was going to figure it out, I had to stop the alcohol for a while just to see what would happen. And I never said I was going to stop forever. I never put any time on it. I went out, bought a journal Put down all my thoughts, you know, and I just sort of said, right, let's get to 10 days, let's get to four weeks. It was always just these. um And I think through the journaling and stuff, it just made me realize that kind of every bad thing that had ever happened to me, there was alcohol involved. Mm, so it was wow. just this, it felt like this huge revelation that, oh my gosh, you don't have to drink, you know, whereas now, I follow lots of people on Instagram and I read all the quitlet and stuff. I know, of course, that's a route. It's a, a great option, but it just just wasn't something that had ever occurred to me before.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's super powerful. Can I ask, because I have my own opinions on this, but I'm just interested yeah. in yours. Why do you think it took such a long time for you to realise that stopping was an option?
1: Yeah. I think my perception of people who stop drinking and I love watching people's reaction when I tell them I don't drink because I know what they're thinking you know some people
0: yeah like
1: my perception of problem drinking was you woke up and drank vodka for breakfast Mm. that that was it so anybody I'd either known or heard had stopped drinking it was always this association with probably like a dependence or um and, and, you know, I'm not saying that as a negative thing. I've mm. massive respect for people that are in recovery and do that. But I just think, I don't know, I just think it's the culture I grew up in, that you woke up, you, you know, have been sick. You, it was wild. You could, you, you know, were out doing anything. And it was almost like the wilder, the funnier, you know. Mm. You could sit and tell war wounds the next day and exchange stories. And um, it just didn't even... I think it's nice to see the next generation are going to grow up hopefully with a more balanced view but I think when I was young it was just like perfectly um the norm to just have all these negative side effects associated with alcohol but that was just part of the fun yeah whereas you know you can feel like the tide is turning a little bit and people you know I think I've seen it before people saying you know is alcohol having its tobacco moment people are just starting to okay I don't really need to feel like that I don't need to feel like now when I think back how bad I felt on a hangover if I felt like that now I would be taking myself down to A&E like I'm dying Mm, yeah but that was just oh I'm hungover and I feel rotten you know so it's like yeah it's been very interesting it's almost like
0: you um you you get used to running at really low percentage of your battery almost isn't it you just it's your normal isn't it for such a long time I I I find that so yes I mean I agree with everything you're saying and I think culture is such a big big part of this story um that, you know, you only have to stop drinking and people are so freaked out by it. (laughs) Like, why would you stop drinking? What's wrong with you? (laughs) Um, And that, you know, that can come from people like health professionals, you know, people that you would ordinarily trust to give you good health advice. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's so steeped in our culture to drink. I find that fascinating that poor mental health still you know isn't enough or wasn't enough to justify stopping drinking it's really fascinating that isn't it and like you say there is a big shift happening isn't there which is super refreshing and it feels fantastic to be on this wave um you know riding through this new shift of sobriety and people that are just choosing to be alcohol-free because they have the choice and they're sort of having that light bulb moment. Well, actually, I don't even need to have a problem, in inverted commas. I can just feel shit, (laughs) and that's enough of a reason. I just want to be more healthy, and that's enough of a reason to stop drinking, and I find that really refreshing. And actually, I'm finding in my personal community um, more and more people just like you and me that aren't maybe having the very big recovery stories although of course there are a lot of those out there and they are very important stories because they're helping more people you know get well but there are those more subtle um stories like ours that well we just grew up in a time in the 80s and the 90s and the noughties where Drinking culture was massive in the UK, still is probably. I think, I think, I think actually Europe has the highest levels of alcohol dependency and alcohol abuse issues still today. But, you know, we just kind of grew up in a time where that was what you did. And so some people, you know, grew out of it, fantastic for them. But a lot of people are still stuck in it or were in it and have managed to separate themselves um so yeah I don't think there's any shame actually there's no shame in that story you know that it was a big culture thing we grew up with it in work it's just the same as an adult it's just the same as a parent it's just the same you know it's just everyone's drinking everyone's you know if you're not drinking you're the one you're the weird one um so uh there is no shame in that I think and I thought something I've learned in my years of sobriety in the beginning I think I was feeling a little bit like oh I'm kind of the only one in my group in fact I'm still the only one in my group and whilst in the beginning that was something that I maybe downplayed a bit now I kind of shout it from the rooftop so yeah I'm so proud of
1: it I I, I'm the same I think it is honestly like it feels like I've done something impossible you know I'm really proud of it and really one of the most interesting things for me on this journey is other people's reaction you I I would never judge anyone like I had to go through that sort of process with my friends of saying like I'm not judging you because I don't drink Mm -hmm. if I could go out and do this and it not have any negative impact on my life I would do it but it is having a negative impact on my life but it is interesting some people's reactions to it I think just says more about them than it does me and I'm like if it makes you that uncomfortable that I decided Mm -hmm. to stop drinking and and you know people want to they want to think you have a really serious problem because then it's like Mm -hmm. oh I'm not as bad as that and I'm like yeah I just didn't like how it was making me feel anymore and I also think once you go on this journey to stop drinking for me it was like so amazing that I got so much more out of it than I ever imagined you know I just thought I was stopping drinking I didn't know that it actually meant you know all these other really positive things so it's like I'm the same I'm really proud of it and I'm really you know it's like being such a catalyst of positive things in my life um but it did take me a few months to have the confidence to well, probably more. It's probably more recently that I've felt I have the confidence to like shout from the rooftops and just be like, yeah, you know, fine about it. It does. It's so weird, isn't it? You do feel a little bit stigmatized the first. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, I even had people trying to persuade me to drink, you know, like, oh, go on, have one and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I've told you like it's really like a negative thing for me. So it's kind of weird that you're trying to. Yeah. Why are you still trying to push it on me, <laughs> sort of thing? Like you wouldn't yeah like wave a cigarette under my nose but I quit smoking or yes. something you know I hope you wouldn't so it's yes. like it's just it was then first few months yeah very bizarre like some of the um conversations you have and I definitely got to a stage where when I went out I felt like I was having to talk about it a lot and I, I was just like this is really boring to me I don't want to have to come out and like justify over and over again why I'm not drinking yeah um, people find it fascinating though don't they now I love it yes yes and I sort of I'm really secure in it so I love it and I love it like a lot of people that ask are just genuinely so interested and I share like bits and pieces on Instagram they'll be like I think it's amazing I love that but it's when it's like the early days and you don't even know what's gonna happen and it's like oh just have one or why not and you're kind of like just don't want to have to justify it every time you no choose not to have a drink
0: yeah so true it is it is a sort of irritation in the beginning isn't it and I think that's just because people in social situations it does feel a bit like an interrogation because people can't understand it or they're not looking through the same lens as you yeah they they just don't understand why would you ever give up that thing
1: that holds it's like the glue that holds everything together yeah um it's like if you could, if I had a pound every time someone said like can't you just have one it's like yeah. <laughs> well obviously not <laughs> yeah I just I don't know and I mean now I'm at the point where I don't even want one so it's yeah. like you know in the early days yeah I would have loved to sit and moderate now I'm like yeah no, not got any interest in it really but yes
0: so when you um, kind of woke up and decided that's it I, I don't want to feel this way anymore I don't want to do this anymore
1: what did you do? I was really lucky I, I quit alcohol and got a really amazing therapist at the same time so I was really lucky to have um, you know really safe space to kind of get through the early months and stuff so that, that was a really big thing to me and if you can access Therapy. I had health insurance with works. So was really lucky with that. Um, the, hands down, the biggest thing I did, I think, was journaling. So just, mm. it took me months to really be able to even be honest in the privacy of a journal. But it was just putting pen to paper a little bit, I think. And, you know, I think you said, said it on another podcast I listened to. You know, it's recognizing why you're feeling the way you're feeling. So if you're like, oh, I really want to go out tonight or... I'm feeling really resentful that I can't have a drink or whatever that was just a really helpful tool for me Mm. and I read a lot of quick lit as well once I think I knew that there were lots of similar you know women and people doing the same thing that was really empowering because it was like okay I'm not on this alone here this is something people are starting to to do yeah so yeah read lots of Quitlet, journaled very, very regularly. And I still do like that's some, that's a really like lovely habit that hopefully I'll, I'll do forever. Um, and I think I said this earlier, but the biggest thing was me was I never put a time limit on it. I just said, okay, we're just gonna see how this goes. Um, and then I think the more I got into listening to the podcast, reading the Quitlet, it was like I was could feel myself getting more invested in it. I was like, okay, I can do this. Um, and through those things, I think I'd written a little note in my phone, which was my kind of toolkit at my fingertips. So if in the early days I wanted to drink, which was usually I'd have really bad FOMO in a sober, um, social situation, I just had a little note on my phone and I'd sort of made myself a promise that you can have a drink, but if you do, do these three things. And it was just sort of read back an earlier journal post I'd written when I was utterly miserable, you know, day one, not in a great headspace. Um, And just a few things like that. So I just had those really simple things at my fingertips that if the time came, I really did want a drink I could just spend five minutes with myself and just check in and say right you can do this I find if I tell myself I can't do something it's like waving a red rag at a bull. so it was like you can do this but just you know have a look at these things and look at the numbers of days on my app and that would sort of motivate me again I I don't need that really now but in the early days it was like oh brilliant I've got 50 days I don't want to reset the clock or whatever um so yeah, I did. I did use, you know, yeah, Instagram, Quitter. I did really make use of those now, like things that are getting more popular. I think, and
0: yeah, it sounds like once you got into it, it just sort of snowballed, really. Yeah, um, and and that's such a great strategy as well. Um, I love that. You know, you can still have a drink if you want, but you've just got to do it mind with mindfulness. Yeah. so do these steps and then see how you feel and of course yeah. if you're going to read that journal post from day one yeah. which is probably quite harrowing is, and all yeah. the bits and pieces then that yeah. is yeah I love that that's a really really, yeah. really really good share I think there'll be a lot of people that will
1: have a sort of like ah
0: moment yeah. listening
1: to this that's it and it's like it's never failed me like just you know taking that five minutes um yeah. Yeah, never failed me. A couple of times I've left somewhere because I'm like, I'm going to go home. You know, I'm feeling a little bit tempted or whatever. But it's like you're your own worst enemy sometimes, aren't you? So if you can just sit and actually, yeah, have a good think, that's usually enough for me. But
0: I love these uh, little tips that come out of these podcasts because I'm try. I try to think about in the earlier days when I had cravings or triggers you know how how did I get through them and I think looking back I, I did a lot of talking which I'm very good at yeah but I I, I I spoke to my husband who was very much on the journey with me um and kind of holding my hand and allowed me to really go on about it you know you sound yeah. like hour-long walks where I just talk about sobriety the whole way yeah. around um but now you know when i listen to other people's stories or when i research there's so many great tips out there um you know having that sort of sobriety toolbox or having that moment like you just mentioned of mindfulness go through these three steps or playing it forward you know okay yeah drink but how is this going to end don't think about that first sip think about three hours in think about six hours in think about 12 hours in what is tomorrow gonna look and they're just they're so they're so great these little tips that people can take on board and just yeah breathe through these cravings or these moments where they're quite triggering it's just they're brilliant yeah really really helpful um so what was the toughest bit
1: for you i think um the hardest thing for me was feeling like i would never feel carefree again like You've talked about before the association with fun. How am I ever going to truly let my hair down again? Um, But I think for me, I was drinking to either reward or escape Mm. the sort of pressures of day-to-day life. So now I've gone to the root cause and actually worked on myself and worked on everything in my life you know I've just started my own business I spend more time I you know just looked at all these different aspects of my life gone to therapy then I found I didn't need to hit the effort button quite as often because actually my day-to-day life wasn't as um stressful for me or you know I, I didn't find it as like I needed to escape so that was really really important but it was that whole will I ever feel carefree and I think the first few months of not drinking I've speak to myself it's not that fun Mm. you can do it and you're feeling good and you're learning a lot about yourself Mm. but you haven't got to that really amazing bit yet where you can actually really enjoy yourself about a drink Mm. so I would do the whole or I'll come out for a couple of hours and you know I'll leave when the time comes or whereas now I find I can actually go out with my friends I might not stay till 2am but I can have a Really good night. I think you were talking about paddleboarding. boarding. We bought a paddle board this summer. So we're going to do things like that. We're going to do different different things for fun. Um, so that's the hardest. And then I think the other thing for me was I had to do it one day at a time. It felt way too big if I'd have tried to, um, like if I have tried to set, you know, some people say they're going to do a year and stuff, I never could have done that. Like that was way too big for me. So it was always just like, I'm just not going to drink today and then I'll wake up tomorrow and decide if I want to drink. So that was kind of, I did find that hard trying to think in the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How how did it change your relationship with your closest? So, you know, your kids and your husband?
1: Yes, I think, as we were saying earlier, like my husband's not really a big drinker anyway. And I think when I was drinking, I... I didn't always act in a way that made me proud. You know, it didn't always, like, I wasn't the most sort of present um, wife or mother sometimes because I was, you know, hungover or going out or whatever. So he was exactly the same. You were saying going for the walks and churn his ear off. I was exactly the same. And he was, like, my biggest cheerleader, really supportive. And um, he also, which I really appreciate, like, he never said that I should give up drinking or he never said I'm glad you've given up drinking until I was really quite far in and then he sort of said you know this was like a really good decision for you and because he'd come in the spare bedroom some nights and they'd be like sick in the bed you know and he'd have to be the one to kind of deal with that like so that I really appreciate him that in the early days he didn't put any extra pressure on me like he gave me space to sort this out and then when I was like a year in or whatever or close to that, he's like, I think it's really amazing what you've done. And I think you're such a happier person for it. Um, and then the kids, um, I just don't resent them anymore. I'm not trying to be something different than their mum. Like, yes, I still like to have a break and stuff. I still have my career, but I'm not trying to be somebody different, you know? So I think it's just made me, um, yeah, like it's really improved my relationships. Absolutely. No doubt about that. No doubt.
0: Yeah. Oh, your husband sounds really lovely. <laughs> yeah, he's a good egg. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I share that experience as well. I always feel very grateful that um, my husband never put any pressure on me to stop drinking. Although I will admit that I think I was very good at hiding it from him. Yeah. Um, and and part of that is that we, I mean, we've been together now five years. So we haven't been together a huge amount of time. And I've, I haven't been drinking for, for three and a half. So I only drank with yeah. him for a year and a half. So it's not a huge amount of time. But we weren't living together for a lot of that year and a half um yeah and so they I did have the option of doing quite a lot of drinking on my own where I could yeah. just yeah behave the way I wanted to I suppose but um, I, I definitely think he noticed that for example if I if we had to drive to see my family who live in Leicester so that's about three hour trip from where I am now. I would sometimes get to the hotel room at about 10 o'clock at night and I would have to have a drink when I got there. Cause yeah. I would driven, it's like, no, but I need a drink. Like I can't get here yeah. and not have a drink, you know? And he yeah. would sort of say, you don't need a drink, you know, But yeah. um, or, or maybe he wouldn't say that, but I can tell now in hindsight, he was probably thinking, why do you need a drink when yeah. it's a sort of big lot? Aren't you tired? You know, I, yeah. and so I was very grateful that he, he didn't judge me and he didn't yeah. tell me to stop because i'm a bit like you if someone says do something i'm like well i'm just going to do the opposite yeah. <laughs> i don't want to be told what to do very sort of strong-willed um but yeah sometimes i have that conversation with him now um and he'll say the same he'll say you know it's fantastic that you don't drink and you know i'm super proud of you and i'll say god can you imagine what life would be like if i still drank I mean, sometimes I yes. have that conversation and it's a bit frightening sometimes, even, even though I know that I would never go back. I don't know if we we definitely wouldn't be in the place that we're at today if mm-hmm. I was drinking in the same way and we were living together and trying to muddle our way through this hecticness yeah. of working and kids. I, I don't think we would be as close or as strong um, yeah. for sure. So, yeah, it is sometimes quite frightening when you think about the alternative how that might look so um what's been and I don't know you've mentioned some really wonderful positives already but what would you say has been the biggest gain for you in sobriety
1: mine the biggest gain apart from having loads of time back which I love you actually get a weekend now um I think for me it's just peace of mind like I've got to a point where I can look myself in the mirror and I like the person staring back at me you know whereas I would say like 18 months ago I just was in constant avoidance and part of that was drinking.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So it's just the, you know, that'll be a sort of combination of the journey I've been on with the drinking and therapy and stuff. But it's just, I can be alone with myself now and I love, that's something that's come out of me. I love my own company. Like I love going to a coffee shop with a book. I love going for a walk by myself. And I think I lost sight of all that Mm. in adulthood and everything. You know, I, I think for me, I probably got to the point, I didn't even know what I liked anymore. It just, mm. you just get so swept up and everything. So I think for me, it's just been a, yeah, I, I, I like myself again. And I, you know, I, I really do feel, um, it's just given me real peace of mind, which is the best feeling ever because you, you know.
0: Yeah, it really, really is, isn't it? And the simple stuff is the stuff that you take great pleasure from, Yes. Isn't it as well that you know yeah. I I know perhaps if I had a conversation with some of my bigger drinker drinking friends and I say oh I had such a wonderful day because I managed to pull some weeds in this sort of autumn yeah. sunshine and then I did this thing or I went and I, I bought myself a coffee which I don't you know do very often I make it at home and or I managed to listen to this great podcast I, I feel like or maybe even not my friends maybe the old me if I had a chance to look at my life today like four years ago I think that sounds really boring <laughs>
1: but it's yeah. so not boring it, it is just finding like the joy in the small things like, yes. I am so with you on that like I just I, I think I have to remind myself and I'm talking to people yeah I probably sound crackers but I'm exactly the same like even just you know yeah like having a coffee and a nice mug in the morning just yes. just silly things like that but it just all really adds up to I don't know, just take life a bit slower, be a bit more present, mm. take it all in. Um, like you said, when you used to have a drink, when you got out of the car after a long drive, you know, everything was kind of like that. Like if, if we went to like a music gig, we'd be so trashed. You wouldn't even remember, you know, whereas now i go and see like live music and I love it because I'm okay. like, oh, I actually am like listening to this and it's incredible. Yeah. Yes. Whereas I've seen like my favorite bands in the world and I'm, I've even walked in the stadium I
0: don't even you know that that
1: that's
0: heartbreaking isn't it yeah (laughs) reflecting on things like that um yeah yeah I mean I think there's a lot of there's a lot of occasions in my life that I've ruined with my drinking because I can't remember them but one of the ones that's really hard to reconcile with is seeing artists like oasis and Coldplay and rihanna and just not remembering them and red hot chili peppers all of those concerts i was battered before the thing came on stage so i could not even tell you one memory how that picture would look i just couldn't tell you one outfit rihanna wore
1: nothing um and and if anything it just gets in the way of you wanting to have a good night out doesn't it you're sort of like come on let's move on now let's get to the but I, I saw stereophonics a couple of weeks ago wow and i just enjoyed it so much oh. like i can't, i was like dancing and you know i really yes. did get lost in it i was just yes. like oh amazing and then i mean nothing beats driving home after a night out that's yes. the other game i love it. it i feel smug i really feel <laughs> smug getting in my car and yeah. just driving home taking my makeup off just amazing
0: yeah and sort of getting in your bed and doing that big stretch thinking oh my
1: god I'm gonna feel good in the morning (laughs) yeah I know
0: isn't that so mad that you know those events that we would have been to before you're just it's all about chasing the drink isn't it that's what it's about getting ready having the drinks going
1: to the venue get to the bar have the drinks have the shots and it's even yeah. you know like baby showers, we'd all be drinking Prosecco all afternoon, and then once the once the pregnant lady had left we'd you know the real fun would start, like all these life events that they're they're brilliant, but it's very centered around yeah, drinking and the day out, and you know yeah, I know, and it's just it's so
0: fun it's so funny isn't it that in that in that mindset back then that would have been such fun that that's what life was all about and yet now and yet when you try to stop drinking or you worry so much about how shit life is going to be and that you're never going to enjoy those sorts of moments again and then you go fast forward however many months it takes you because there is no particular time limit but you know for you you've really got to that place a year in and I think I was similar maybe eight months twelve months yeah, still have the, like, the odd wobble, you know, and I yeah, did, yeah, yeah, did yeah. have the odd wobble up until pretty much two, about two years, I think. I, 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 I didn't really have those sorts of cravings anymore, but I still had them occasionally. But you just realise when you get that sort of far in that, oh, my God, what was I worrying about? Because yes. the, the real fun is being in that moment and being fully awake in that moment and having nothing dulling your senses or blurring the edges or taking any shine off of the real life situation that you're in. Now, I just think it must be horrible to have a glass of red wine or two glasses of red wine I can't imagine how weird my body would feel the sensations of it sort of like slowly going a bit droopy and shutting down I think I would
1: hate that feeling now I really do but I really chased that feeling (laughs) back then yeah that's it I think it's like we were talking about this earlier it's fun for an hour Yeah, that's like the play it's fun for an hour you get that like little buzz and then you just yeah, for all me now, it's mill, like, isn't it? From it's there. Just, it just all goes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then,
0: you yeah. know,
1: it's not the most attractive thing in the world, being really drunk, is it? And you're just, yeah. I don't know. No. And then the next morning, yeah. I was always a train wreck. So it's like, yes. that's always been a good tool for me, is play the tape forward. Because it's yes. it's like, yeah, you're going to miss an hour of fun and then it's just going to start yeah. not feeling so good, you know.
0: It's so true. And um, it's also the anticipation, of that hour isn't it that's a big part of that story I think the building up the leading up oh what time are you coming around to mine okay we'll do this we'll do you know all the planning there that's that's very enticing but you know when you think about it as a cost benefit analysis sort of model in your brain like you say so well that one hour of fun or that first Hit of your drink and that first initial buzz. After that, it's just all downhill. And then you can never quite recreate that same hit. So at 10 o'clock, you're just feeling just very swirly and woozy. And swirly is the only word I can think of, but you know, just feeling pretty battered, but you're still chasing that high that you had at eight o'clock but you can never recreate it and it takes more drinks to get there and actually I mean I was classic even if I was absolutely wrecked I'd still have to have a drink before I go to bed I just I couldn't just go to bed it would be like right mentally I'm gonna go to bed after this next drink yeah and um you know I would leave bars and 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 neck nice red wine just because it's like I'd have to get it in me I couldn't yeah and in the taxi on the way home it all blurry and oh yeah Yeah. and then obviously you pay the price from yeah from then and the next day and that cost benefit analysis is very powerful if you can get your mindset into that because is it really worth the cost yeah I think if you drink like we did absolutely no never will exactly yeah never will that's it so So what would be your top three tips on um, getting sober or staying sober?
1: Yeah, Um, so definitely journaling or writing a note on your phone, like just having a way to, you know, have a little word with yourself if you need to. Um, I love non-alcoholic drinks. Like I drink more, like, stuff now than I ever would. Um, So like, if I know I'm going out for a big day, I'll try and scope out, do they have a beer? Just because it makes you feel a bit more sociable. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right about the anticipation. And because I wouldn't drink stuff like that at home, it is a little something to get a bit like so excited about. But it's something different, isn't it? Nice, really nice drink. Um, And then I think the final one for me was to like lean into the change a bit because I tried to change nothing in my life, just become sober. So everything's gonna be the same. But then that makes you compare to how you would have been before and create a bit of like I can't do this because I'm not drinking or you know, and I think once I accepted that life wasn't gonna be the same, it allowed me to see it could be better. But for for them first few months or I was so living in the past a little bit mm. that I started to resent the fact that I couldn't drink. Like why can all my friends drink? I can't. Why can other people get paralytic, remember everything, not do mm. anything stupid and wake up the next morning and look after their kids, you know? So I think for me, it was probably around the four month mark where I was like, I just sort of lent into it a bit. And then that was when like the magic happens and I was like, right, life can still be really good. It's just going to be a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah oh they they're phenomenal such great yeah, yes, they yeah. really <laughs> are I, I journaling there's um it's a simple thing to do isn't it writing a bit of changed, on, changed my life yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's and it's so lovely to look back as well isn't it on
1: a bit um, like even in preparation for chatting to you today i read back you know and like i said it took me a long time to actually be able to read half of it because it's at a time in my life and I wasn't in a great headspace but now I just look back on it and it's like we've got to celebrate success and it just feels so good to kind of you know look back on how far you've come and and be able to have those little milestones and yeah yeah I
0: I love that term as well lean in lean into change I think that's just such a beautiful way of describing it Um, you really have to do that don't you? I think that's the thing that really cements the right mindset and getting into that place where you are making more of a permanent change, even if you're not committing to it permanently in your head by kind of just immersing yourself into the process, having some faith in it or trusting it and yeah. doing all the things that everybody keeps saying to do you know r- read the books listen to the podcasts. I, I remember I would listen to sometimes in the beginning first four to six months I think I would listen to at least two podcasts every single day I'll
1: so say, four, Yeah,
0: 14 podcasts a week sometimes I did three um yeah. and obviously some of my um, earlier sobriety was in the beginning of the first lockdown and things you know where people had a bit more time so I, I had that luxury I suppose but whenever I did anything I had my headphones <laughs> I mean I didn't go anywhere yeah. without my headphones I didn't even hang out washing without my headphones Yeah. and I was listening to just this amazing content that's out there there's so many fabulous podcasts out there um, and you get something from every single one. You just get a yeah. little bit, don't you, from every single one. And I think that's what you're describing when you say lean in to change. And I think that's, yeah, beautifully put. Love that.
1: And that's probably like, you know, you know, when you're pregnant, you're just like, oh, I can't wait till the baby's been born. I can have a glass of wine. Yeah. That's the difference, isn't it? Is it's long lasting. You're not, you're not in survival mode. You're trying to actually carve out a uh, life and yeah you know find out what you enjoy and stuff but yes um and and now I'd say you know a year in I feel quite sure that I won't drink again I'd be I'd be very surprised if I ever drank it. you know I've got to a point now where I would say it is a permanent change for me but just in those early months it just felt too much so it's like yes um yeah. set yourself a little mini dead like you know just do it do another week or another day or whatever and
0: I think that's great advice and sometimes when people reach out to me and they are searching for that kind of guidance, you know, do I have to do this forever, you know, and I can't get my head into that into that space where this is going to be it forever. And I said, well, then don't tell yourself it's forever. Yeah. You know, just, just tell yourself you're going to do it for four weeks. See yeah. how you feel. Maybe extend it to six weeks. Maybe try six months. You know, do what feels right for you. And I think that is, um, I say this a lot now, and I worry that I repeat myself, but, you know, I think you can design your own sobriety. And I think yeah. that is a lovely thing. You know, yeah. you are in control of what you're doing. Um, and if you want to do it this way and and that way, and and then go for it. If it's working for you, that is all that matters yeah you know and I think that's lovely and I think that's one of the really nice things that comes out of these stories on this podcast is everybody's we're all going in the right the same sort of direction but everybody's got a different experience or journey or path that they're taking through it and but they're all so valid and they're all so helpful for other people Mm -hmm. to get ideas
1: of how they can do it exactly I've probably taken like one idea from a hundred different things I've heard or read and then it kind of yeah Exactly. you do you, you carve your own way and yeah yes. definitely
0: you build your own plan and that's that's what I did I just designed a little plan for myself in the beginning and it was very similar to yours minus the therapy but I did lots of the things that you did journaling and podcasts and all the books um yeah. and um I lent in and, yeah. th- and that just that was it you know the spark happened and there I was off on my way just snow that's it way. yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah. And I know I think for me like the a really really important important like exciting point I got to was instead of saying I've given up drinking it's when you turn to I don't drink yes that was like the most exciting thing ever you know I think, I think that was like seven eight nine months for me where I was like oh I don't drink and it's like that's when I could see right I'm doing this now and you yes. know really really um and I think I've heard you say previously as like, well then you don't think about it as much it's quite nice it doesn't rule your life anymore you know no. you get to a point where it's something you're proud of and you're happy to talk about but it, you're not listening to three hours of podcasts a day or reading no. five books a week or you know so no. it's, it's nice you get to that point
0: you do you forget don't you to be honest I yeah. think once I hit a year I, I forgot a lot you know and I didn't I didn't really post on my on my Instagram at all and only then for the big milestones like 18 months I think and 2 years but uh, more recently obviously um yeah for me personally I'm trying to give quite you know give back so I have ramped yep. up my focus my focus is all back on sobriety again but usually yeah. you know it's it is quite normal I think for people just to get on with life <laughs>
1: that's normal. it I mean yeah. I don't even really check my app anymore or anything you know it's like it's yeah. nice to but, yeah. but how brilliant is that that you get yes. to a point where it just doesn't yeah it's
0: mind-blowing you know, it's, isn't it that's that's yeah. I I I remember saying to my husband I just can't believe that I just don't think about drinking. You know, it just yeah. felt, it's it just felt so crazy because yeah. I spent all my time thinking about drinking. Even when I wasn't yeah. drinking, I was thinking about it. And um to, to sort of remove all of that from your life it, it just feels yeah. uh, it's, a bit, it's a bit the same with vaping and smoking because I smoked for a long time and I vaped and, same, yeah. and I just think I never ever ever think about vaping the only time I ever think about vaping or smoking is when I'm around other vapors or smoking yeah. and I'm kind of like yeah. oh god you know that smell is very overpowering to me now but I always think oh, I can't believe I used to do that I just feel so alien
1: that I yeah. did
0: it, but yeah. So it just shows you that you can, even if you have a habit that you're very, very into, like drinking and smoking, you can actually retrain yourself to comp- like forget. Yeah.
1: About it. <laughs> like, it's so empowering as well. Like for me, I think it genuinely did, without even knowing it. Just like I said, it did. It was the catalyst of so much other changes. I think once you know, you actually have that power to just make a decision and you know it's like yeah like my life's changed quite a lot in the last year all in really you know brave decisions that I don't think I would have ever ever made but it's like it really does give you confidence like I can do anything like I did the thing that I didn't feel was possible and not only have I done it but I don't even think about it anymore it doesn't even you know it's just part of life now so it's great it really it does really give you a you know deep sense of confidence and yeah. and
0: fulfillment yeah um, yeah and I hope for anyone listening as well because that is genuinely isn't it how it is so you might be listening to this early on in your journey thinking I will never get past this but you will yeah you absolutely will you just need yeah. to keep going keep trying yeah
1: keep leaning <laughs> exactly exactly and yeah i think you do just have a bit of the moment where it starts falling into place doesn't <laughs> it and it becomes <laughs> easier and yeah uh
0: so um how can we find you and follow your journey um
1: i have an instagram page which is called life with Libyan and mara um which i do post a bit about sobriety on and i have the sobriety highlight and i've sort of um, where I live in Jersey I share like where pubs that do good non-alcohol um, alternatives and things like that
0: fabulous oh that's great thank you so much it's been such a wonderful chat really really enjoyed it I think I could literally go on for another two hours to be honest
1: I know oh thank you so much <laughs> I've really enjoyed- yeah I love talking about sobriety it's been absolutely brilliant
0: Yes, same same um yeah thank you to you and thank you everybody for your support on this show and for all the wonderful comments and feedback that um i keep receiving and also the guests receive as well i i uh i get a lot of messages from people that have been on the show and they say that they get lovely messages too so um yeah so thank you so much becca and thank you everyone else Thank you very much. Take care. Till next time. Cheers. Bye. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to quickly jump in here and mention that there is a way for you to support me keeping this podcast and all my other free resources going by donating a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash sassysobermum. Helping people is a huge passion project for me and as my audience grows I'm understandably spending more time helping people, replying to messages, creating and updating content and building this podcast. All donations are gratefully received and they really go a long way towards covering costs like my Zoom license, my hosting fees managing my website and not to mention my time so if any of you are loving the continued content and wish to support me please feel free to buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash sassy sober mum or you can click the link in the bio section of my insta page and find a button there to buy me a coffee Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're interested in being a guest, please contact me directly on Instagram by sending a message to at Sassysober Mum. You can also find helpful tools and resources on my website sassysobermum.com. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to spread the love, please like, share, and rate the podcast. I really look forward to next time. See you then.